Welcome to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied by my co-host, Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. We are the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So, on the Voice of Truth radio show, we'll be engaging in vigorous, robust discussion of culture, history, current events, all from a biblical perspective. So, Tune in every Thursday, 5 o'clock, Saturday at 3 o'clock. That's when we're on. And uh, you can podcast us at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Facebook also, Pastor. We're on uh, Facebook now. We are happening. We are <laughs> spreading our wings and flying. We, we will soon be taking over the whole country. I think so. That's at least what I've had dreams about. <laughs> yeah, t- nightmares. Or nightmares, like. yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, email Radiovoiceoftruth at gmail dot com. So, uh, yeah. So we have our po- we have our shows on podcast. Yeah, I think we're just talking about how we uh, we doubled in <laughs> in one week our listenership. Well, we went from one to two. One to two. And uh, <laughs> I called my wife said, "Honey, I need you to listen this week." I did the same thing. My wife didn't listen though; she forgot. So we so got her for next week. Next that, week, that yeah. way we can triple for the first. But actually, we do have some folks downloading the podcast, and we thank we uh, we thank the folks that are listening. Absolutely. We're, we're having fun. It is. You know? It's a lot of fun. And uh, we had um, a couple guests, uh, Tim, Tim's uh, dad, Mark Daller, uh, and Dan Stevens, pastor of, that was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, pastor, yeah. Uh, he did Baptist. a great job, too. He I did. was very insightful about yeah. what's going on, so really enjoyed that. So we're going to have both of them back because uh, they do an excellent job. Great information. They're both informed guys, and... Uh, they're, they're uh, students. I know uh, Mark Dowler reads like uh, 180 books a year or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just shy of where I land. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that reads more books than I do, I talk about them behind their back. Yeah. That yeah. way that way they I will look better than they are. It's a good practice. <laughs> <laughs> you approve of that? I approve of that. <laughs> as long as I get to talk with you about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it to you. <laughs> uh, as long as you don't show me up on the radio show. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. That's Christian. That's Bible. Uh, so a lot going on, as there is every week uh, in our in our country. And uh, uh, we were just talking before we got on the air, Pastor, about uh, uh, just about how easy it is to get absorbed in into this uh, hyper media culture. Where everyone's got a, a voice, but it's not necessarily the voice of truth. Um, uh, and and. And it's easy for for Christians. I know it is for me. Just just to to get uh, um, just overwhelmed by by the media. Yeah, I found myself in a way that I never had before. Obviously, with uh, the virus and all the information that was going out with mm-hmm. that. And as a leader anywhere, you have to kind of keep up with information. You got to mm-hmm. know what's happening so you can make decisions and be informed. And and I found myself just tuning into this stuff. And then with the election, tuning into this stuff yeah. and. And then it was hard to break away from it. And it, it affects you. Like when you 
get inundated with that type of information every day. And I think I think the news has kind of professionalized um, shock value of things, and, mm. and so they've they they understand how to get the audience and and keep them. And by causing friction and by causing uh, division and and by, I don't know, kind of raising everything to a level where it it's the only thing you can see, they, they, they mm-hmm. keep their audience. And since it's a business, uh, they know how to do that. And I think there's some entertainment value to it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they bring in people, yell at them for a while, and then they yell back, and it's like, wow, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. And yet the Bible has some things to say about what we absorb ourselves with. You know, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible puts a filter on what we should be allowing into our life on a regular basis. And, you know, it says whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be virtue, if there's praise, think on these things. Mm. I got to tell you, you know, I'm convicted by that verse because if you're listening to a lot of media today, there's not a lot that's going to pass through that filter for you. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed mm. on thee. So uh, well, one thing it does, one thing the media culture does, and it really doesn't, well, it does matter some to who, to whom you listen, but it, it, it can be very effective at discouraging you. It, it can. You know, if you listen to all that's going on in the world, uh, you can get very, very discouraged. But, but, uh, uh, if you if you read scripture, that doesn't discourage. God mm. isn't in the business of discouraging, right? That's He's right. in the business of convicting. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin, and that's different than discouragement. It is. Right? I mean, you feel that as as though you're in relationship with God, like your father coming alongside of you and saying, "Hey, son, it's going to be okay, but you really need to go this way." You know, yeah. that's that's what God does, and what the media does is kind of blast you. With all of this information, let's just be honest, a lot of times there's such an agenda behind it that they're kind of railroading you into a direction they want you to go in. And and it's just it's just not healthy. In fact, you know, I haven't been watching the news. I, I watch it enough to be updated on, on the main things that are going on. I, I've got to be able to talk about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we have this show, so yeah. there's some things we're going to talk about today right. where it's like, we, we heard this on the news. Yeah. So it's not like I don't have any news that comes into my life right now, but it has, it has been pushed back a lot. And I just, I find myself not thinking about that negativity as much. I find myself more full of joy. I find myself listening to the Holy spirit more. I mean, Mm. when you're listening to all those voices, sometimes it can drown out the spirit of God. Who's wanting to speak to you and comfort you and calm you and say, Hey, just, just walk in faith. You know, I've been a news junkie my whole life pastor since I was probably 18. Um, but, um, after after the election, I, I bet you, I've watched Fox News, which was my go to station for years, or Newsmax. Right? I bet you I've watched them less than half a dozen mm-hmm. times. I mean, yeah. every night I would watch uh, Hannity and Tucker and and uh, sometimes Laura Ingram to to an extent, not all of them all the way through, but it was a, a regular diet of mm-hmm. mine. And and not that they're bad. They're, I think that they give a lot of truth mm-hmm. in, in terms of what's really going on in the culture, um, juxtaposed to CNN and, and uh, MSNBC and these, these left-wing uh, organizations that, that, uh, that aren't telling us the truth. So, uh, you know, I'm a talk radio guy. I listen to, I listen to Rush uh, <laughs> every afternoon and a half <laughs> for 30 years. But, uh, um, but at night... Well, I, I just uh, we don't watch anymore. Yeah. We don't want, and, and it wasn't like a conscience decision uh, I made. It it was just kind of like I don't, 
I'm not turning it. I don't want to turn it on tonight. Yeah. Next night. I don't want to turn. Yeah. And just, and, and we got away from it. And you're right. Uh, when you don't have that influence all the time and just beating you to death about what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, what's going to, mm-hmm. uh, because God's in control. Yeah. And I, I find that the news promotes reactionary responses. Mm. You know, you're reacting. Oh man, why did they do that? Oh man, why yeah. did they make that decision? Yeah. And I find that the more you listen to the to the voice of God and His Word, it's not a reactionary decision; it's a purposeful decision. It's mm. it's steps forward, not steps backward. And so, you know, I, I found myself listening to the news every night, just reacting to things, getting a bad spirit. Yes, you know, and and whenever your spirit goes south, you're not doing the right thing. Mm. And so. I've noticed just just being a lot happier, just living my life. You know, I, the death counters no longer on the corner of the screen. You know, and and <laughs> right. where'd they go? By the way, I, every night that was up there, and then they they disappeared. And and that that affects you too. It I mean, does. everyone's everyone's dying, right? I mean, they're not the the death rate on on COVID is like, I mean, the uh, survival rate's like ninety nine point five percent for most people. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's a whole different story, but uh, but yeah, there, there's 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 a whole lot going on. But you know what? If you're if you study history at all, from the beginning of the world, there's always been a whole lot going on. Yeah, and there's been a whole lot of bad things going on. Mm-hmm. And we live in a country where uh, we're we're still very blessed. You know, I think we're losing our freedoms. I think we are. But at the same time, um, churches are still we just had a, a great decision uh, from the Supreme Court. Yeah, I saw that. In terms of uh, Cal- what California shutting down and they've churches. And they've been just beating up the churches in California. You know, I've yeah. got friends there that have been fined for you, meeting you services. I pastored there. In fact, there's a church right up the street um, from where we were at, and they were fined every meeting every every Sunday they met they were fined I think five thousand dollars was that Jack Creeper's church no no that was that's further up the coast that's oh, okay. more in northern California this was literally just right up the road from where we were at oh, Southern okay. California huh. and then every time they sang in church yes. they were fined an additional some people like, should be fined for singing <laughs> if you stood next to me you would say hey, prob- singer, I'm gonna you need to be fined for, for singing <laughs> I probably am and don't know it you know they're just <laughs> got this tab that's running yeah so you can't you can't I mean you can you can write in the streets. You can, uh, you know, do a, do a lot of things. But uh, but we have a First Amendment. And I think I think one of the things the Supreme that, Court actually came out on the right side of that this time. The Supreme I was disappointed Court, with a lot of decisions they'd been making previous to some of these things, yeah, and yeah. and they came out on the right side on they, this one. They they decided uh, six to three, and uh, all of Trump's appointments were on uh, were on the right mm. side on this one. And you're right; they have they have disappointed us in some uh, important decisions lately, but on this religious freedom issue, all six of them um, did the right thing. Two of them, Justice and Alito, who are the strongest constitutionalists on the court, Justice Alito, are excellent. They, uh, they, they, their writings were, were very good on every issue, mm. from mass to singing to opening the churches. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett was weak on some things um so was gorsuch and kavanaugh but that said in terms of saying yes we have a first amendment right to go to church all six of them did a great job the the other three are always knows 
they're always going to vote uh, liberally in an unconstitutional fashion. But uh, Supreme Court said, look, you have a right to worship. Hello? Yeah. Hello? That's one thing that the American people, and and COVID has has revealed this, Pastor. Uh, COVID has revealed how little the American people know and care about the Constitution. I believe that strongly. We don't. And, And it's scary how much faith we've just put in the surface of government and don't dig into the foundation of government, right. which is the which is really the guiding principles that government's supposed to go by. Yeah, and that's what the Constitution is. It's the supreme law of the land. Does the government have a right to tell you that you can't go to church, to tell you you can't assemble with whom you want to assemble? You can't they have associate. zero right to say they that. They have none. And, uh, uh, you, and you go on, if you, the Fifth, Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendments that give us the right to life, liberty, and property— you can't take those away unless you unless you do something wrong. So you have a right to life, liberty. That means I can do what I want within the bounds of constitutional law and property. I can do with my property what I want to do. I can go to so uh, you have a you have a, a, a right to assemble. You have a right to religious conscience. But you have COVID's a right been to the religion. avenue to take all those away. And COVID has and and we've let the government do it because mm-hmm. because we're so ignorant of the constitution well and also where's our fortitude to say i can handle some of these things on my own i can protect myself i can stay away from people if i feel like i need to stay away from people i can wear a mask if i feel like i i need to wear a mask i can do these things on my own because i am an intelligent human being i have been given a conscience by god to discern right and wrong uh to discern even when my liberties are being violated personally uh and we just say, no, I can't. We're conditioned to say, I can't make those decisions on my own. I need the government to tell me I need to shut my business down. Mm, yeah. I need the government to tell me I can't go to church. I need the government. And, <laughs> and if they say those things, boy, I better listen to them because they know better than I do. If, right. if you ever think that the government knows better than you do, you're in deep trouble. In fact, I think it was uh, President Ronald Reagan that said the scariest uh, words in all of humanity are the government's here to help you. I'm, I'm from the government and I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> Ask the Soviets about their gulags. All right, we're out of time for this segment. We'll, we'll be right back. And uh, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm Senator, uh, State Senator Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversey, Pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church in Vienna. Stay tuned and we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm State Senator Mike Azinger, my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, right here in the studio. And uh, we're the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. So we got a pastor here, a state senator here. We're not worried about like what the left is say. <laughs> a state senator and a pastor walk into a radio station. It is, it is a bad joke somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. But... Um, Anyway, so we were talking before the break about uh, uh, about the churches in California and how they're being persecuted, not not persecuted like they are in, say, Africa or these places where people die, but they are being told they can't meet, they can't sing in a group, they you know, uh, and that's that is unconstitutional persecution from the government. They have a First Amendment right. To meet, no matter what, the Constitution doesn't have a clause 
that uh, that says that the Constitution is applicable as long as there's not pestilence or war or whatever. Right. It's all times, uh, no matter what. But um, anyway, so so you pastored in California, and maybe you have some thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think it's just an extension of what we're seeing happen in our in our cancel culture mentality today. You know, I mean, this is the way it works. You have to find a villain, and so you villainize somebody you disagree with. And when you make them the villain, then you got to get rid of the villain to be the hero. And, you know, in the wake of, of this pestilence, in the wake of, of these things that have been happening in our society, uh, it's been very easy for people to turn the target on people who want to assemble and worship and pray and do the things that they're accustomed to doing in, in being Christians. And, uh, and the, you know, I think it's just part of a larger effort for years to cancel Christianity out of the culture. It started in the schools. Well, we have to be fair to everybody. We're telling other people that uh, they don't matter very much if we continue to pray to God in school, if we continue to use the Bible as our curriculum, if we continue to, you know, have the Ten Commandments hanging in. By the way, all those things are historical things. Yeah. All of those things are things that really happened. These are things that people really believe. This mm. is what our country was really founded on. Mm. And they're like, well, now they're the villains because there are other people that we're bringing into the country, and we don't want to fill them, you know, them to feel like they don't belong, which, by the way, is not what Christianity is about. It's not about making people feel like they don't belong. Christianity isn't desiring to cancel anybody out. They're desiring to share the truth of who their creator is mm. with them. So, so we took got out of the schools. It wasn't long before that seeped into the government. No, you can't talk about God and the government, mm. uh, separation of church and state. You, we can't have any influence of God, you know, in, in the halls of our, our lawmakers. So we started to push that stuff out. And, and this cancel culture is now extending into the private lives of citizens who want to worship their God. And so this is the perfect tool and vehicle for that to happen. Oh, there's something dangerous out there. Let's not pray about it because we don't believe in God. We, we don't believe that you can go and pray to God and he can actually, you know, like, like other men, like we're going to talk about in history, governors of colonies that said, oh man, we've got sickness. We've got war. We need to actually have a time of fasting and prayer. When's the last time, Mike, that you've heard uh, a public official come out and call for a season of prayer and repentance? Um, never. I've yeah. never heard that. And it's something, and we'll talk about that next segment. Mm-hmm. We have a segment we're going to do. On, and how it was it was a regular occurrence in American history where our presidents say we need to have a day of humiliation. Mm-hmm. We don't like that word. No, we don't. We don't like that in America. We're not a we're not a humble people. Mm-hmm. Humiliation, prayer, and fasting. So, but instead of that, we cancel the churches out today. We say we don't believe in prayer. We don't believe in God. So now we've got pestilence and war. We're not packing the church houses to pray. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not going to worship God and, and turn to him. We're saying, no, don't meet. Segregate yourself. Listen to the news. Uh, be full of fear and full of hatred for other people and full of despite for what's going on. And I think it's destroying our nation today. Um, and it's just sad to see that cancel culture permeate into the church. But it, it's not only taking place in the church, is it, Mike? It's a... There's something there's something in the heart of man, Pastor, and you know this. You're a student of the hearts of men. We're a fallen people. There's something in our hearts that we like to tell other people what to do. Mm. 
Right. You bossy. Go on, you go on Facebook. <laughs> My three-year-old bosses. <laughs> yeah. 18-year-old right. around. <laughs> it's, it's innate, right? That we, all have, we all have a bit of tyranny in our hearts. Mm. And, and when there is no God, uh, that tyranny is revealed. You said this in a sermon recently. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Second Timothy That's right. 3, I think it is. That's where you... Uh, so if, if you don't have God and you have unrestrained uh, evil, so to speak, or unrestrained passions that aren't scriptural, well, you're going to have people starting to cancel people out. So, That's right. So who's been canceled? Lou Dobbs just lost his sh- right. show on Fox. J.K. Rowling, that one surprised me. Mm-hmm. So J.K. Rowling, who wrote uh, the Harry Potter series, which, you know, I had— I'm not for my kids did not read, but you know what she did. She came out and basically said, uh, "Boys and girls are different, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, they're not. Sexes aren't transferable. Yeah. Right? You have X's or Y's, and your and your uh, and she got cream. For that it. just shows that you can't have any voice that goes against the main narrative that they want to support. They'll even eat their own. You know, the cancel culture will will begin to cancel even aspects of." Of the liberals out because they're gonna they're gonna feast it's, on themselves. It's, it's just interesting you said that. I get I get uh, regularly uh, uh, nasty emails and t- t- no, <laughs> yes I do. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm a lovable guy, but not everybody <laughs> loves me. They don't know me yet. But uh, so so a guy texts me back and uh, texts me, and when they tell me that uh, because I went to the rally, uh, the Trump rally, that I need to go to prison, my my ire gets up a little bit. So I, I, I uh, texted back, and I said to him, look, I hope you know that that leftist revolutions always eat their own. Yeah. Look at the French Revolution. The guillotine was the leftists of the French Revolution eating their own. They start because, because there's, no, there's no principle of, or perimeters that say— uh, that, that give any kind of protection to 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 the the belief of truth. It's yeah. just it's just chaos. Well, cancel culture attacks the First Amendment right of free speech, and then when you start eliminating that, then nobody can say what they want to say. And if somebody says something you don't want them to say, then you can cancel them out. And I would say this: it always leads to the guillotine. It all. I mean, there, there there are news anchors right now that are purporting that. If somebody has a different narrative, let's drone strike them. I mean, I heard they this, they and I'm thinking to myself, my wife has said that to me. Wor- <laughs> yeah, let's take him out. With I think there's one following me into work today. I heard one um, somewhere at yeah. night. Lesson. I mean, how crazy does this get when we when we start villainizing things to that degree? It's, um, it's funny that they start saying things that come from their hearts mm-hmm. that. 30 years ago might have been in the, the hearts of the of the leftists but they wouldn't say it yeah so now so now people people today uh, that that are are enemies of God are are being bold because these laws are being overturned yes. that you know we, we overturned uh, we made gay marriage mm-hmm. uh, the law of the land we overturned um you know, like you were talking about earlier, uh, the Ten Commandments, prayer in school, Bible in school. So, so we're giving boldness. We're giving boldness uh, to to the enemies of God, to to uh, the wicked. And we're doing that by eliminating the fear of God in our culture. It, you know, we used to pledge allegiance to the flag, one nation under God. There's, there yeah. was an inherent understanding, even from our leadership, that 
there needed to be a healthy fear for God. And whenever you eliminate the Ten Commandments, you eliminate mm. the whole moral basis for law, mm. um, it, it becomes a cancel culture where whatever the popular narrative is, whatever the mob narrative is, that has to prevail because that must be right. And we're no longer looking to God. We're only looking to man. It's exactly what you said. We have that tyrannical nature about us where we will maul, beat. And, and we've seen it. You can see it on, on either side of the fence. If people don't get right with God, if they don't have a heart of repentance, if things don't lead back to God, this can go south that's, in any direction. That's that right. In. And, and uh, we, we say this on the show. Um, God's not looking for patriotism. He's looking for repentance. That's right. And, you know, one thing, and I said this after, uh, on the show we had after I went to the rally, that one thing, even even among Trump people, who I believe love God for the most part, love the Constitution, love freedom, but I was walking through the, packed and jammed at that rally in D.C., and do you know how often I heard the, the F-bomb? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard it often, mm-hmm. and that is, that is a, a we, we, that, that's part of our culture, part of our language now. That's how, of course, we've become. So let me just read something real quick. Uh, there's a guy named William Federer. Federer. Uh, he wrote, uh, uh, he's written a lot of books. America's God and Country is, a, is what he's most famous for, half a million copies. Uh, but he's a, it's, it's, just, it's just quotes of our founders. Phenomenal. I'll, I'll get you a copy. But uh, so he sends an email out. I had him on my radio show several times when I was in Indiana. Uh, he sends an email out, and I, I made the mistake of printing his email that came to uh, 30 pages. Uh, <laughs> it kept printing and printing. <laughs> but there's lots of you pictures. You got it bounded and put leather on <laughs> <That's> it. <right. laughs> so so uh, the reason I printed this one out is because it, it, it was on religious conscience. Uh, his latest book's called um, The Treacherous World of the 16th Century, How the Pilgrims Escaped It. Um, but he, he wrote, the, he, he quotes Flavius Josephus. You know who Josephus mm-hmm. was. He was yeah. a historian, historian, contemporary with the apostles mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ. He probably lived after Jesus, right? But he was right after that time. So, so he's a famous historian, and he goes back to the beginning. He's talking about Nimrod. At the Tower of Babel. Hmm. So that to me is fascinating. Who was Nimrod? Nimrod is he was an enemy of God, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So he says, uh, a quote of Josephus. Now it was Nimrod who excited them to such an affront and contempt of God. He persuaded them not to ascribe it to God, uh, as it was through his means they were happy, but to believe that it was their own courage which procured that happiness. Here's the last paragraph. This is the best one. Nimrod also gradually changed the government into tyranny, seeing no other way of turning men from the fear of God but to bring them into a constant dependence on his power or Nimrod's power. So he was saying the only way to get these people away from the fear of God is to... Have them fear me. Mm-hmm. Have them love me. It's always God. It's always it's always God or government. Yep. Right. And we see it playing out in our culture today with cancel culture. I mean, uh, again, you have to have that villain, and they're using all of the sins of man that every man falls under. I mean, I've never heard racism talked more about in my life than I do now. I've not heard. 
the call for different reparations the more and we these cancel, types of things. The more we get rid of racism, the more we talk about exactly. it. Exactly. And and the thing is is that they're they're using the and, and by the way, uh, bigotry, hate, um, bitterness, jealousy, envy is in the heart of every single human being. Right. We are all sinners. Mm. And the self righteousness of saying everybody inherently is uh, uh, you know uh, uh, a racist, and we're going to uh, pick a certain certain segment of racists, and we're going to cancel them out of the mm. culture instead of saying no. Inherently, in the heart of every man, there's hatred. Mm. Inherently, in the heart of every man, there is uh, a flagrant disregard for God. And the, the the solution isn't using it as a tool to promote my agenda. The solution is the Lord Jesus Christ. The solution is is that men need to p- repent of their hatred, of their jealousy, of their bigotry, of mm-hmm. all of that, and they need to they need to turn to the Lord as their God. But instead, they're taking men's sins. You know, I mean, our forefathers had sins, our 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 patriots had sins, our presidents had sins, mm-hmm. our pastors have sins, and we, you take their that sin and you villainize them to such a degree for your agenda. That there's no room for repentance. There's no room for getting mm. things right with God. They're canceled out of the culture. But I'm glad Jesus Christ didn't cancel us out of the culture. Mm. I'm glad that he came and died for our sins and paid the price for our sins mm. so that we could actually be made whole, so that we could actually be free. But there's no opportunity for that in the cancel culture. It's, you did this 25 years ago. Uh, we as a nation did this 200 years ago. We And so so now there's no way... To, to compensate for that, you're part of that. And oh, by the way, because you're white, because you're white, now you're intrinsically forever attached to mm. this whole segment of racism that you're never going to be able to break away from. You're evil because of your skin color, you're white. That in itself is racism right there. And there's a good term for, for what you just uh, s- s- described so well. It's called deconstructionism. And it's basically mm. um, uh, broad brushing a certain individual or a certain era with one uh, particular sin, and that's all they did. Yeah. Jefferson was evil because he owned slaves. That's called deconstructionism, and that's ruining our culture and ruining our history. All right, we're out of time for this segment. You're listening to The Voice of Truth Radio. I'm Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversey. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. And this is your state uh, senator, or state senator, Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. And this is the show where you will experience the fusion of church and state. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we're having a lot of fun with the show. People starting to download it and listen. We hope uh, hope folks are enjoying it. If you are, send us an email to radiovoiceoftruth at gmail.com. If you aren't, don't send an email at uh, radiovoiceoftruth at gmail.com. You can, you can uh, get the podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. And we also have, uh, we have a Facebook page, too. So, uh, But we were ended the last segment, Pastor, talking about can- cancel culture. But uh, you, you were, uh, were going to make a, a, a fascinating point about some of the things that, that are going on in communist, uh, a communist country called China. Yeah, you know, it's not only religious liberties that are being affected by cancel culture. They're really wanting to use cancel culture to 
direct their agenda throughout all of society. Of course, a big part of that is eliminating God from the equation. I think that's why Christianity is one of the primary targets of cancel culture. But, you know, in China, for several years now, they've developed a social credit system. Uh, And this is different than finances play a part of it, but it's different than, say, the credit systems that we're accustomed to where, you know, based upon how you stewardship your money, you're given a credit score, and then that, you know, tells lenders how, you know, they can trust you to, to have you borrow money or, you know, do things financially, like buy a house and so on. But social credit actually extends those parameters into life decisions, your personal liberties. And if your decisions in your personal liberties don't match up with the direction of the mob or or of the government, uh, then you actually get docked in your social credit score and it determines what type of job you can have, what types of clubs you can belong to, how far you can make it in society, how you're viewed by your neighbor. And, uh, and this is something that, uh, from my understanding, is, is published. You can get this run on individuals. You can determine, you know, it'll determine what neighborhoods you live in, what houses you can get. And it has nothing to do with your ability to handle finances. It's, it's around how you behave and if you behave according to the narrative that that social construct wants you to behave under. And this is scary, scary stuff because we're seeing kind of a non-official, a non-official version of this cancel culture rise up in America today. Yeah. We have people that are getting labeled as certain things. And, uh, you know, if you were a Trump supporter or if you're a conservative or if you're a Christian or if you're now you're you're placed into certain groups where you're going to be investigated, you're going to be questioned, uh, you might not get a job because... Mm-hmm. You know, they look up your uh, Facebook page or they look up your Twitter account or they look up your Instagram and you've prayed on there or you've commented on some conservative issue. And now all of a sudden, I don't think we're going to hire you because you don't match the social paradigms that we want to put on you. And and that's scary stuff. And it has a it has a chilling effect, which is a legal term, I believe, but uh, it it shuts you up. Okay, and and, and that's the whole thing. They, They shut up. That's what they want. They want us not to speak because there's nothing. Jesus said he's the word, right? John 1, 1. Uh, language. There's always, that's how we know one, one way we know evolution isn't true. There's always information before matter. Matter never mm-hmm. precedes information. In the beginning was uh, the word. I, I might be quoting that wrong. But Jesus Christ, the word, language, mm-hmm. information. Well, think and, how important that is. We were talking about the Tower of Babel. Just a little while ago, Babel, the word and, Babel, and think about when man was was judged by God because they built that tower and were wanting to usurp God's authority. Uh, God didn't hit him with a lightning bolt. God no. didn't send an earthquake. No, God didn't. didn't send a flood at that point. Nope. What did he do? He confounded their languages he so said, that they oh, could not make progress <laughs> against him. Because they were gonna. He yeah. said, uh, "They're building a tower to heaven, and we better do something because they're gonna they're gonna do." <laughs> and that shows we were talking off air about about how intelligent yeah. early mankind. Mm-hmm. You know, we we think in an evolutionary terms nowadays because we've been we've been saturated with it, but. But if you look biblically, how long early mankind lived, you mm. know, 900, 700, 800, 90, 900 years, Adam and Methuselah and, mm. and, and so on, uh, they were just incredibly intelligent. You, you were mentioning how they would build civilizations. That, that's what it says about Cain. Cain mm. went out and he built a, built a city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you do that? Do you have a hammer and a saw? And, cavemen uh, didn't do that, cavemen that's for sure. Cavemen didn't do it. But uh, the can- cancel culture— it's all about 
uh, about sh- shutting shutting us up, and and that that's what it's always been. That's why there's a war against the Bible because mm. the Bible speaks, mm. right? It's words. It's it's uh, words that are powerful that can break the rock in pieces, can change hearts, and they definitely. The, and the walls are closing in. Mm. You can feel it. You can feel the oxygen actually leaving can. the air. Right, you can. And and uh, they're eventually going to get to uh, shut up about the gospel. Yeah. Sh- well, think up. about this, and this is something that's concerning me about uh, one of the other tools that the cancel culture is using, is they're using this word insurrection. I, the, since the Capitol riot, yeah. they've been through. And, and by the way, let me just be clear about this. That was not an insurrection. That was a riot. There were bad people who did extremely bad things. They need to be prosecuted for it. There was no call for any of that. Right. But to then draw a hard line and say that whether you want to say Trump or you want to say senators or you want to say the whole process of just calling for looking at the whole voting mechanism to make sure that things were accurate and to make sure that things were done right. If that are means for insurrection, what are they trying to do? They're trying to shut up any opposition to anything that even looks like it might have been done in an underhanded way. Mm. Oh, you want us to recount uh, a vote? You want us to look at the voting structure? You want us to look and make sure? Uh, That's an insurrectionist now. Mm. And I think it's not too long before preaching against certain sins, meeting for church, stirring up people for the Lord, stirring up people for revival, stirring up people for for repentance— is going to be labeled as an act of insurrection because it's going to go against the government narrative of let's let uh, let's let women uh, be competed against by men because there is no such thing as as as, as the sexes. Uh, let's allow for homosexual lifestyles. Let's allow for abortion. And if you go against that narrative, then you're basically stirring up people to go against culture. Your social credit's going to drop. We're going to cancel your church. We're going to cancel your voice. And it's exactly what you're saying. Brother Mike is. They want to cancel out that voice. They do, um, and and I think those are those are very good points. If you can make the definition of insurrection so elastic and so broad that it encompasses whoever you are against, mm-hmm. whomever you you want to to shut up, and uh, it's a, it's a genius way to do it. It is amazing how uh, how how. <laughs> creative the enemies of God can be, and how how right. intellectual. They are in That's so many ways point. in terms of, 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 of their, their devices, their yeah. evil devices. And uh, so what, what do we do? Well, we stand up for truth. Yeah. We base our beliefs on God's word, and, and we, we, uh, we plant our feet and, and stand firmly where we plant our feet. That was a uh, quote I read this week that was a— not exact quote, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. What are you going to stand on? You have to stand on something, mm-hmm. and uh, if you don't stand on truth, you, you're, you're going to be carried away in the co- in the chaos. But if you trust in God, believe His word, then you're going to be good. Jeremiah did. Jeremiah he stood did. his ground. Yes, he did. And we're going to talk about him a little bit in the next segment, uh, just in terms of. Uh, uh, well, well, we'll make it. We'll make it interesting. We're going to talk about Jeremiah thirty-eight through forty. Um, so, anyway, anything else you, you, you well, want I to say about that? I, I think you made some really good points uh, about cancel culture and about the that Orwellian term that uh, that should really put 
shivers down the spine. Absolutely. I think Christians need to wake up to the fact that we are being bullied to a certain extent. I, I understand. And, and one of the things that other Christians are doing right now is they're minimizing where this is leading up to. Uh, you know, if you use the word persecution, you almost get mocked because obviously we're not being lined up in the streets and beheaded like like people over in the Middle East are for for naming the name of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, we, we do have a great country. We, we do still have freedoms. But if we don't stand up now and and face this direct threat uh, of getting canceled out because of scenarios that happen around us, because it's convenient, and we capitulate, and we don't ask questions, and we don't hold our representatives accountable, and we don't we allow ourselves to get bullied into a corner, that whole process of losing our freedoms will happen much more quickly. Because once they stop your voice, once they stop you from standing up mm-hmm. and calling out the truth, it's only just a few moments later that your your freedoms are taken away. The Bible says the truth will make you free. When the truth goes away, your freedom goes away. Amen. And we got to decide as Americans if we want to live in freedom or live in tyranny, because tyranny is the natural state of man in history. All right, we're out of time for this segment. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with Mike Hazinger and Pastor Brian Leversey. And uh, we'll be back with the final segment. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. With my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So we had a good, uh, good discussion last uh, last segment. We talked about cal- uh, cancel culture, and uh, you had a, a, a good description, Pastor, of uh, w- what was the term, the, the Chinese term? For it's the, like a social credit social system. Social credit system. Yeah. So how Orwellian is that? And that and that's where we're going. Uh, in in America, uh, I believe, and I, I think that, I think that you know, if you want to, and we talk about this a lot, Pastor. But if you want to uh, raise the anchor and uh, unmoor yourself from God and His Word, then then you're going to be tossed about in places you never dreamed Absolutely. and that you could never imagine. Let me read. I was reading a, I uh, uh, just finished a book this week that was way better than I thought it was going to be. It's called The Age of Entitlement, America Since the 60s. A lot happens since the 60s. The 60s was a watershed event in America. We'd never been the same. And if you if you look at uh, how everything changed um, in our country, you can always go back to the 60s, almost without fail. So I was reading uh, this book, and this this paragraph that was written— in the wake of, of Roe, Roe v. Wade, right around that time, 1973, I think, was Roe. Uh, Christianity Today had an editorial on Roe. And uh, this is what the guy said. This was, what, 50 years ago now, almost 50 years ago. He said, Christians should accustom themselves to the thought that the American state no longer supports, in any meaningful sense, the laws of God. Hmm. And prepare themselves spiritually for the prospect that it may one day formally repudiate them and turn against those who seek to live by them. Wow. That was 50 years ago he said that. That 
that shook me like whoa. Yeah, he's prophesying. I'm going to read it one more time if you if you yeah, don't mind, please. Just uh, for myself as much as for uh, you and our listeners. But he said this because this is uh, 1972, 73. He said Christians should accustom themselves themselves to the thought that the American state no longer supports. This is 50 years ago. The Amer- he's saying the American state no longer supports in any meaningful sense the laws of God and prepare themselves spiritually. Get ready spiritually, he's saying, for the prospect that it may one day formally repudiate them and turn against those who seek to live by them. That's what's happening. We were talking about cancel culture. That's cancel culture that they are going to repute the, you want to live by the laws of God, you can do that, but you're going to pay for it in, in our culture today. Uh, you, sent a, you sent a tweet uh, to me. We, we talked about this, I don't know, a month or so ago. about uh, and, and, and this is what we need. I, you know, this is, you're, the, you're the pastor of the show. You're the church part of the church and state fusion of the show. But uh, Governor uh, John Trumbull, in uh, December 19, 1775, and this was a regular occurrence back then, mm. these proclamations of humiliation, prayer, and fasting. We don't like humiliation. I don't like humiliation. <laughs> I like. Uh, I don't like to be humbled, but that's what we need to do. If my right. people will humble themselves and pray. And he said, whereas it hath pleased the most high God, blessed forever, the supreme and righteous ruler of the world, to bring upon this colony of Connecticut multiple calamities things were happening yeah and whenever they saw whenever our founding fathers and our forefathers saw bad things happening they always said oh we've offended god yeah we don't say that now we say what's wrong oh china did it well maybe covid is because we've offended god Mm. governor john trumbull appointed a quote unquote day of fasting and prayer throughout this colony I think that's remarkable. You know, I mean, this is not where we turn today. We do. We point fingers. <laughs> Almost like in the Garden of Eden, when God's judgment <laughs> came upon Adam and Eve for their sin, they didn't want to accept the responsibility. It's the woman. It's you the woman. Me. It's yes. the serpent. Yes. It's Ultimately, whenever we do that, we're saying, God, it's your fault. And uh, I think we've done that by eliminating God in our culture today. And so we just point fingers at whoever we can, and we don't call for the fact that we need to all personally humble ourselves. You know, you mentioned uh, before a little bit, Jeremiah, like Nehemiah as well. Nehemiah saw the full consequence of Israel's rebellion in that their city walls in Jerusalem had been torn down. They were a mockery. I think that's what's happening a little bit in America today. Our walls are being torn down, Mm. (laughs) literally and figuratively. And um, and we're becoming a mockery. And, you know, the first thing that Nehemiah did is he didn't put a construction plan together. He didn't first go to the king and ask, hey, can I get the resources? He didn't blame, you know, uh, the, the people who really got him into trouble, who were, you know, his, his forefathers, so to speak, who turned their back on God. He personally repented. He personally repented before mm-hmm. God. He personally humbled himself. Wow. And then he sought the will of God. And I think that's a problem with America today. We're never going to see the will of God for us as a people, for us as a country, if we can't bring ourselves like these did back then, like you're reading yeah. from right now, yeah. to a place of repentance. You know, the, the, uh, at the founding, um, there's, and there's a graph in that email I sh- I was, we were talking about from uh, uh, Bill Federer, uh, that the number, the, the church attendance, how it just mm. blossomed. It, it grew probably exponentially 
after the Great Awakening. And uh, that's that's the, the great great awakening was was the the birth of, gave the birthright of the the American Revolution. That's where it came out of. Uh, you can't you can't have life comes from life, not from non life. So, the life of the American Revolution that gave us a brand new country founded on God came from the life of the Great Awakening. Mm. That uh, that the life of the Spirit of God. I was reading and I was telling you about this, Pastor, about. Uh, Reading through Jeremiah uh, last last week, and I, I was just kind of I saw some scripture here in a way I, I've really never seen it, just kind of uh, in, in a neon fashion. But uh, so you have Jeremiah, and he's he's preaching to Israel: "You are a wicked people, and God's God's going to judge you." And these other false prophets, there's always the false prophets coming around and saying, no, he's not. No, he's not. Follow the science. <laughs> Follow. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so Jeremiah was faithful. He told the truth. He, anytime King Zedekiah, who was king of Israel at the time, said, uh, tell me the truth, he would say, okay, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord said. No, the false prophets would say. But he was faithful. And he said to King Zedekiah, look, if you look. Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's coming. He's going to carry away the Israel people. God's done with it. He's decided it's going to happen. If you go with the king, go with him into into uh, and let him take carry you away. Um, you'll be cool. God will take care of you in that new land. Zedekiah said, "Oh man, there's some people that are going to say some bad things about me. They're really going to put the pressure on. I can't do that." And that's about what he said. Uh, he the peer pressure of 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 the world, and and so he was carried away. He had his eyes put out before they put his eyes out. They killed his sons in front of him. And uh, but but uh, this whole time, Pastor, and you know you're you're the theologian here. But this whole time, uh, if whenever Jeremiah would say something they didn't like, they put him in the prison, <laughs> right? Ah. <laughs> uh, you are not supposed to. That's that's cancel culture it at its at its extreme, yeah. and they would sink him down in the mire, right? And he would be sunk in the mire, and God sent a servant to help him. Um, I have his name written here. I forget his name, but uh, 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 Ebed Melech, Ebed Melech brought him food and water. Yeah, took care of him. So, so then, and I, I want to get your your thinking on this, but uh, so then. Nebuchadnezzar comes, wipes Israel out, carries everyone away, and Jeremiah is let loose. And let me let me just read these verses because they're just so beautiful. It's like to me, I was telling you earlier, it's, it's like the end of, ending of a movie, uh, <laughs> but just a couple of them. So the captain of the guard comes to Jeremiah and says, "The Lord thy God hath pronounced this evil upon this place. Now the Lord hath brought it, and." He said, "Now I loose thee this day from the chains which which were upon thine hand." So Jeremiah said, "He said, Jeremiah, uh, the evil has come, but guess what? You're free." And he said to him, "Lastly, uh, look, well, uh, but if it seem ill unto thee to come with me to Babylon, he invites him to Babylon. He can come with me if you want." But he said, "But behold, all the land before you, whither it." Seemeth good and convenient for thee to go thither go. So the judgment comes. You're loose now. 
He was he was, he wasn't free when he was preaching, but once judgment came, God gave him freedom, and you can go wherever you want to go. Yeah, and and you know that's what God does, regardless of how you end up. I mean, there are there are great men and women alike who've stood for their faith over time, and, and whether they've been rewarded here on earth or whether they've been rewarded in heaven, God is always faithful to reward those who stick with the truth, who speak the truth, yes. who don't buckle under the pressure. Mm. Uh, Paul, uh, he was imprisoned for his stand for his faith. Uh, he stood in the face of governmental officials, and he proclaimed uh, their wickedness. And he said, you need to repent, and you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he was ultimately thrown into prison. Now, uh, he was never removed from those bonds. He, right. he was right. in prison and ultimately was beheaded for his faith. But he says this about that. He says, I will be delivered. And regardless mm. if it's being delivered to 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 this world and, and, and to be able to walk free or whether it's being able to be delivered into the arms of God. Which as he said it, is better. Which he I, says I, is better. I'd rather do that. He'd rather do that. Wow, uh, you can't, what I'm saying is you can't lose if you're standing for the truth. Mm. So when we listen to the voices and the pressure of this world and we start making our decisions based upon how people are trying to force us into their agenda, their earthly, secular, mm. fleshly agenda, uh, that's always going to perish. Hey, how many new systems of government have we seen in the history of man? Mm. You know, governments come and go. Dictators come and go. Empires come and go. But the word of God remains forever. And if we find ourselves planted firmly in God's truth, whether we're delivered to walk free in this world, which we have experienced levels of freedom. Our, our sure. nation has known great levels of freedom because we've sure. stood for the truth. Yes. But even if we aren't free here, standing for the truth, one day we'll be delivered and be free with the Lord. And that's, a, that's an awesome thought to think it about. Is, it is an awesome thought. And that red cord of, of, uh, of the gospel uh, runs throughout, throughout history, yeah. all the way to the beginning. Um, and... And if we have freedom in Jesus Christ, we have we have freedom. We were talking about China in the last segment and all the bad things going there. And then during the break, uh, we, we were just talking about a few minutes about the. You know, I read this in uh, National Review magazine, which is a political magazine years ago. But I read that I think it was twenty five thousand people a day. I think it was a day, maybe a month. I don't know, uh, getting saved in China. Wow. They they have such a huge number of people there, yeah. and and there are revivals going on uh, under the radar in China. Thousands and tens of thousands and millions of of uh, these people in China coming to the Lord. Same thing with the Middle East. You have you have you have a Islamic nation after nation in the Middle East, but under the radar, you've got millions of people. There's more people that have gotten saved in Iran in the last 20 years than in their previous That's entire right. history. They call the uh, the antenna is the uh, the state flower in Iran because at nighttime, <laughs> these antennas go up from the roofs of, uh, of these houses in Iran where these evangelists who have gotten saved out of uh, Islam and they they preach the gospel wow. at night when they can't be seen hmm. and and they preach the gospel across the Middle East and and uh, so so God will do His work no matter what and that should be encouraging to us. I mean, historically speaking, the church has flourished under persecution and the church and even God's people, the nation of Israel, have have fallen into disrepair during times of prosperity spiritually. And, uh, you know, I think we've gotten weak in the United States in our faith. We've gotten complacent. We've gotten comfortable. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, we've 
we've taken for granted the freedoms that we've been given. We have. And as a result, we are not the, the superpower of the gospel that we once were. I, I was reading uh, an article the other day, and I wish I could cite it. I wish I could get the exact numbers, but we're actually turning into a missionary culture in the sense that we're not sending out as many missionaries. There are actually missionaries coming to America from oh other goodness. places yeah. um, to to plant churches and preach the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So wow. that happened with, with Europe. That happened with, with England. England used to be a bastion for global missions, sure. sending out missionaries all the time. And now you go there and, and old churches that were centers for the light of the gospel are shuttered or pubs or mm-hmm. are not even meeting anymore. And and no longer are they uh, the bastion for, for sending out the gospel that they once were. So Christianity historically has always flourished under persecution. Even the early church in the book of Acts, persecution came to the church of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and it spread them out over the region, and, and it just caught like wildfire. I read somewhere, uh, or heard somewhere that, uh, this is probably 20, 30 years ago, that the Christians in in Russia were praying— for us to have persecution hmm. because they understand that look you know fullness of bread was one of the things that god warned against for fullness we have fullness of bread yeah you know they talking god uh, i think that was the context of sodom and gomorrah they had fullness of bread they had everything they need there is something about our human nature that if we have everything we need we don't need god right and god knows that uh and that's why we have trials and hmm. so on uh, but uh, but uh, in 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 Russia, the Christians there understand persecution. You know, they had they had decades of of the gulags. Mm. You know, these these prison camps under communism, where where they would just arbitrarily send people there, and millions of people living living in these communist prison camps, and and some of the some of the most wonderful stories out of there were from from Christians. Yeah. Who said, "Look, this is my plight. I'm here. Jesus wants me here, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give the gospel." And that was in a book I read of of a guy who I, I don't believe he was a Christian, but he saw. He talked about one Baptist preacher there in particular who was had a made a a, a phenomenal impression on him, uh, just just by his life in these gulags, these these horrible prison camps that were scattered all over. Russia and communist China, but the Russians saying, "Look, you know, we're we're praying for you, America. We're praying you have persecution because you all are lightweights." It's amazing what can happen from a prison cell, too. I mean, think about Paul's ministry. A, a good bit of it was behind the walls or in a pit of a prison cell, mm. and he wrote to these churches. He encouraged these churches, and it was just a phenomenal ministry that he had. There you go. So, anyway, God's in control, and uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah proved it. God. Uh, God sent Jeremiah down to the dungeon, down in the mire. He literally was hung into the muck in the mire up yeah. to, what, his waist, you yeah. think? Or, so, uh, and he was faithful, and, and God delivered him. Like you said, God doesn't always deliver his servants, but uh, but sometimes he does. And either way, we're supposed to be faithful to God and to his word. Right. Amen. All right, so we're done for the day. Thanks for tuning in, in, folks. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show, and this is State Senator Mike Azinger along with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. So we'll be back next week. We'll be on every every uh, Thursday at 5 o'clock, every Saturday at 3 o'clock. You can check out our podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger and uh, same thing with uh, Facebook, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. All right, folks, have a great day. God bless you. We'll see you next week. I will
choose to live.